I would like to announce the 2014 Christmas offering at Church in the Valley. Uh, each year we take a special Christmas offering and we, we have a Christmas list. I don't know if you've been thinking about your list. Uh, I looked, I was doing our finances this week, so I looked at my list and was thinking about how that's all going to flow financially. And we have a Christmas list here at Church in the Valley and I'd like to share it with you. Um, we take this offering every year. And we use uh, the money that's given to help extend um, what we're doing uh, here in locally, regionally, nationally, and then throughout the world. And so we give to different ministries uh, that uh, we relate to. And I wanted to just outline some of the those that we're giving to. We're, we're going to give a portion of the offering to the Alhambra campus. Um, we're, we're needing to move typically new churches. We launched the Alhambra campus in February of 2013, so it's been less than two years. Typically, new churches that get started have three years of, of funding uh, that groups give them. And so we, we've, we've been funded somewhat by outside sources, but we've been carrying most of the load ourselves as we sent people and resources to help get it started. So... Uh, we're going to give a portion of the Christmas offering this year to the Alhambra campus, which is something that we did to help our friends and family of members who lived in that area to become a part of church life, to hear about Christ, and uh, get connected in that way. So that's one of the groups on our list is the Alhambra campus, Church in the Valley. And then Christian Challenge is a college student ministry throughout California that's led by Neil Walker, who's, who's a member here, uh, but he's over at the Alhambra campus as well. And uh, what they do in this ministry is they introduce students to Christ who don't know him yet, and then uh, they help Christian students to get engaged uh, in a ministry that will encourage them and challenge them to grow in their own faith. Another group we're giving to is uh, the Hope Global Network, uh, the Hope Global Network consists of churches that pool their resources. We're a part of this. And uh, we, w- we want to support training programs, particularly in churches, that reach out to those who don't yet follow Christ and create a culture that shapes godly values in the members of the church and those who become a part by the way we organize our events and activities and the way we organize ourselves in general. Uh, another portion of the offering will go to Central Asia. We have members who are serving in Central Asia, uh, members of our congregation who are serving there, and uh, we're going to give some of the offering to support their mission, what they're doing. Uh, what they do is they're, they're working with, extreme, in their country, the poorest people, most disadvantaged people in their country, and they're working with them to help them create businesses, get education, uh, with the goal of helping them learn about Christ and come to know him as well. So they're showing God's love, and uh, that's been a bridge uh, to helping people connect with Jesus Christ and uh, have eternal life in him. And then finally, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is something that our denomination of churches contributes to every year. And it's been collected for 125 years. It started in 1888 by a lady 
named Lottie Moon. That's why it's the name. Uh, when we first started the church, our, our, uh, somebody gave an offering to, to Lottie Moon, and our treasurer came up and said, who is Lottie Moon? I don't know. I don't have any idea who she is. And so I, I explained to her, <laughs> to him, uh, who she is. But uh, this is a collection of gifts that we give that goes directly to support missionaries who uh, live and serve overseas. So the, 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 that's our Christmas list for the Christmas offering this year. Um, at Christmas, many causes get our attention, many things get on our list uh, as we anticipate the expenses of the season and as we look over our own list. We wanted you to see how our money was going to be used for the Christmas offering this year so that you could pray over and consider how you'd like to participate in that. I'd really encourage you to do so as it, it makes a big difference in, uh, in us and through us in the ministries that we give to. Now, on to the message. We're wrapping up the functional team series today. And we've been on a behind-the-scenes tour of the mission and values of Church in the Valley. That's, That's what we've been doing over the last four weeks. We've looked at the whys behind what we do. There's what we do. We see that. We do this Sundays. Maybe you go to a group or you go to a seminar or... Whatever we look, we know what we do somewhat, um, and what churches do, but we look particularly at the mission and values behind all the activities. What is it that we're? Why? Why are we doing these things? What is? What is it all about? I, I enjoy looking at our mission and values. In fact, I need to constantly look at our mission and values because I'm responsible to lead the group of people that we are, that God's brought together here in Church of the Valley. I'm responsible to lead us to accomplish our mission. That's my job. So it's sort of like I look at these, these things we've been talking about over the last several weeks, sort of like, you know, you look at the the picture on the front of a puzzle and you're you're trying to put the pieces together and make sure you, you have all the pieces. And you, that's that's how I use this. And, and so we wanted to share it with you because it's important to keep them in mind as we plan and as we do what we do, as we serve together. Um, and certainly we don't do it perfectly. But to the extent that we do these things, we're blessed and people are blessed through us. And so we've been looking at this. First, we looked at our mission. We called it Mission Possible. And our mission is to know, love, and glorify God and be used by Him to help all people to know Jesus Christ and become fully devoted followers of, of him. We want to do our part. This is the assignment. God loves the entire world. And our assignment as a church is to do our part to help people know about Christ, come to know who he is. There are a lot of misunderstandings, misconceptions about who he is. We want to be a part of clearing those up and give the right picture of who Christ is. And we want to start churches and ministries that do the same. So that's, that's why we launched the campus. That's why we sent out a group in 07 to Riverside area. Um, a summary of this mission is we want to love God and love people. That, that's what it is. And our relational values is what we looked at the second week. We call those our heart attitudes. And they define practical ways that we love God and we love people. Practical ways we live out our mission as we go about it. And then our uh, 
personal and project values we looked at last week. We called that, oh, well, we called the second message reciprocal. This, this last week we called it beyond the hustle. And we looked at personal project values that describe how we, how we approach our work. And today we're going to look at the type of team that God wants us to be. Some of you may remember the dream team. Here, here's a picture of the dream team, basketball team. This was an Olympic team uh, from uh, 1994, uh, 1992. And um, this is a group of superstars. I don't know if you're a basketball fan or not, but the, this, this collection of players, mostly Hall of Fame players, superstars, who took on the world. They changed the rules in the Olympics, and for a while the amateur players would go, college players, to represent uh, the United States, and um, we, we, got, we got beat a few times. And so they, they changed the rules, not just because of us, because I think basketball, basketball is becoming more popular, and professionals were showing up all over the place uh, throughout the world. And so... Um, in the late 80s, there's a push to change the rule. They changed the rule. So we put this team together, which was referred to as the, the Dream Team. And Team USA ended up that year. There's Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Patrick Ewan, Carmelo, and so many other Hall of Fame players. Anyway, sorry, if you're not a basketball fan, you don't really care. You're looking at the picture and you're thinking, yeah, okay, group of guys in shorts. That's all right. I understand that. But anyway, these guys are, are amazing basketball players. The United States rolled through the 1992 Olympic Games. Um, the average scoring margin, the average margin of victory was 44 points. The rest of the world could do nothing to stop the dream team. Here they are with their gold medals. This is what we wanted. You know, we're, we're Americans. We like to win, all that. We did it again in '96. We did it again in 2000, although the margins were not quite as large in 2000. And then came 2004. Again, you know, we had this team put together that was supposed to be amazing. Um, In 2004, they were the best, highest paid players in the world, but they were losing to lesser players but better teams. They weren't, the players weren't as talented, but they were better teams. And the assessment, you know, I can hear the announcers. I don't remember what they said, but I can hear the announcers now. Um, the chemistry just is off with this team. I don't know quite what the problem is. Um, and, and this is what happens. You, know, you put a group of people together and we, we pay, you know, the, the Dodgers and the Angels have spent a lot of money in the last several years to try to get a championship team together, but they've come together and they haven't done it. This is the reason. The chemistry is off. Uh, there, there's more than just individuals that make up a team. It, it's, there's, there's this, it's the way the team works together and the qualities of the players. And the attitudes, the chemistry of a team is created by the attitudes of the players toward one another. It's, it's mostly the willingness of each individual to unite around a common goal, which means each person has to defer 
to the mission, to the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. So this team won the gold medal. Then we hit 2004, and there were no, it was a bronze medal. You know, expectations were high. It was a bronze. That's pretty fantastic still, but hey, they struggled. And so what we're going to look at today are four characteristics of the teams that God wants us to have here at Church in the Valley. And he wants us, as we serve, to be a, to be a person who lives these out, who, who lives these out wherever we are. And here's, here's the, the big idea. A godly esprit de corps builds momentum toward our mission. To live godly means to live a God-referenced life. In other words, as you're living your life, you're thinking about what God wants in the situation that you're living, in the circumstance, in the challenge, in the problem, in whatever you're dealing with. To be godly means I'm, I'm referencing God. I'm thinking, what does God want here? How does he want me to approach this? What's the best way to go about it? And our, our mission and, and our goal in church life is of major importance. We want to glorify God. And you glorify God by doing what he made you to do. He put the church together to do something, to accomplish something, to help people get into a right relationship with God and grow in that relationship with him. That's really another way of describing our mission. And he wants us to unite around this goal. Here, here's a prayer that Paul prayed that God had put in Scripture for us to learn what God desires in a team, in a church team. Romans 15, 5 and 6 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This, this is what God wants. Paul was asking God to give the church in Rome unity here. And it's a prayer that we, every church should pray. It's something we should all shoot for because the purpose of unity was that together they could express a message of hope to the world around them. Unity amplifies the voice and brings clarity to the voice of the church. It's very important to God. Unity is crucial to Him. And when you experience unity, harmony, and, and it comes together in a team, it's motivating and attractive to be a part of that team. That's the result of a good chemistry. That's, that's a description of what we call esprit de corps. We, we want a godly esprit de corps. Esprit de corps, uh, Webster's defines as feelings of loyalty, enthusiasm, and devotion to a group among people who are members of the group. This is, this is what God wants. Our esprit de corps here at Church in the Valley helps define the kind of team that we will be and uh, makes teaming up worthwhile, makes it, makes it fun, enjoyable, uh, gives enthusiasm to what we're doing. We, we gathered in a team huddle this morning, and we had a big circle of people. Uh, I, I would guess a circle of about 50, 
people, maybe. And um, every week during their month they serve, they get here early, they set up, they, they stay late, they tear down. And some of you are sitting here. I feel like I'm talking about you behind, in front of your face, I guess, is what I'm doing. But I, I, I sat there, I looked at the, the huddle, and I was so grateful for the way that people serve and for the esprit de corps that we have. Because we're, we're, this is where we're having, we don't do it perfectly. I mean, we struggle. We've got problems, too. And we hit challenges, but God has brought this people together to do our best to live in a way that honors Him and glorifies Him. So here's Church in the Valley's Esprit de Corps. I want to look at four components of it. First one, cohesion, cohesive. We want to be cohesive, um, which means we're loyal and we trust each other. Church in the Valley, we we... Hold in high regard a godly cohesion, which means to stick together tightly. And to stay together, we have to choose it. We, we have to choose to be loyal and trust one another. This is where unity comes from. And it brings results that glorify God. It glorifies God in and of itself. 1 Corinthians 1.10, there's a passage on your listening guide next to the, the, uh, the value, the the component of esprit de corps. And it says that there should be no divisions among you, but we should be united and of the same mind and uh, same judgment. Now, to obtain unity and to maintain unity, you have to protect it. And each of us has a role in that. We work through conflict. We, we work through difficulties with one another. They're, they're going to show up. A small hurt can be like a splinter that becomes a big wedge that divides people. It drives division in the group. So we make sure that we protect the unity by clearing up relationships. That goes back to our relational values, to the heart attitudes. In another place in Scripture, it says we're to speed toward unity. And the picture I have is whenever there's a problem, whenever there's conflict, Whenever there's something going on, misunderstanding, whatever it is, you hit the gas pedal and you floor it toward unity, doing whatever it takes to work that out. And this makes a major impact here on our teams as we work things out. It will make an impact any group you're in, at, at, in your family, as you, as you have conflicts, struggles, frustrations. Hit the gas pedal toward unity. The same thing with uh, work. You know, do what you can to be a person who brings unity to the group. Work through the difficulties and make that. That's where cohesion comes from. Second component of a godly esprit de corps is to be proactive. We, we want to have a can-do attitude. In Philippians 14, Paul describes how he's learned to deal with limited resources and adversity in accomplishing the work God's given him to do. And he concludes his, his description with this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anytime we work together, uh, there are going to be problems, there are going to be obstacles, we're going to run out of resources, we're going to feel like we ourselves run out of energy. Our attitude toward the challenges is somewhere above 90% of the battle to fulfill our purpose. 
A can-do attitude is crucial to accomplish anything important. How did you respond the last time you ran into an obstacle? Either here on a ministry team at church or maybe in your family life or at work. How did you respond? What what did you do in response? I, maybe it was, you know, I'm so done with this. It seems like every time I try to do anything good, there's a problem, and I just, I'm just, I'm done. I don't know. If we choose an, a can-do attitude, then there's an energy to it, and uh, we, we build momentum. But a can't-do attitude, it, it sort of begins to, Crater the project, sort of like an avalanche, going down. You know, so we choose a can-do attitude. Can't do keeps us from doing. Now, we may know what needs to be done. We may have some ideas in family life. You know, there's some things, well, I could really do this. I mean, I have time to help this way, but, you know, I don't know. Since I'm, since I'm frustrated, I'm just not going to do it. Same, same here in church life. You know, there, we see what could be done, but we just hold back. James 4.17 says, If you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, that's sin. So as, as, as God brings things to mind, ways to serve, and we can pull it off, we have the energy, the time, the resources, we do it. We can do it. A defeated attitude can keep us from doing what we know is right. And being faithful. So we have a can-do attitude. The third component of a godly esprit de corps is to be sharp. We do sharp things in a sharp way. This just means we want to do the best we can do with the resources we have. And the way we approach things. To be sharp means an alert competence and clear understanding shown in a resourceful, enthusiastic way. It's a part of our esprit de corps. And we do that to glorify God. Because it doesn't glorify God to do things in a mediocre way. To aim to do them in just sort of a measly, okay, you got to do this, going to go do it. That, that, what glorifies God is, yeah, I want to get after this. And I want to get this done to bring Him honor. A final uh, component of our esprit de corps is to be inclusive. Join with us. We, we want to include people. The book, book of Acts records... The very first days of the early church, the first churches, people were being added and included constantly. And, and they, were, they were open to um, bringing new people in. And the great thing about church is you relate to all kinds of people. You know, if, if, if it were left to my native tendencies, I would just hang out with people who are like me. You know, we've got common interests, we talk about the same things, we say the same things. But through my years of being involved in church life, one of the things that happens is I hang out and, and get connected at a heart level with people who are extremely different than I am, and I grow through that. I, I become a different person as I, as I hang out, and, I, and God uses that to develop me. God has a growing family. Godly teams accept one another. They keep growing by adding to their number. Look over those four traits on your listening guide. Look, look at those. What's the chem- chemistry in your family life right now? How about work? 
maybe your ministry team or the group you're a part of here at Church of the Valley. Maybe another group or team that you're a part of. If you're in a group and the morale is down, which is another French word for esprit de corps, morale, um, these are helpful things to look at to see if any things are out of sync. In family life, a lack of cohesion is miserable. Miserable. And it really hurts relationships. So kids may not see their value in family life as they're living, moving along. Everyone has their schedule, stress levels are high, and nobody is really together or showing consideration to each other. If you're at work or on a ministry team here, here in, in church life, there may be discouragement. The team's getting bogged down. just seems like doing the same thing. It, it's helpful to choose a can-do attitude in that situation. Am I doing my part? Is, is my attitude helpful to those I'm working with? Um, am I seeing potential or only problems in what's going on here? Um, there's a passage. So anyway, those are great grid to look at what's going on through. And I, I'd like to turn the corner toward a passage in the New Testament that describes why we team up over the long haul, just to go back to the big picture as we wrap up this, this message series. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This passage summarizes our mission in another way. And it's, it's called the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, our goal is to team up together to help people be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And when someone comes to know him, it's, it's what he's done that brings us back into a right relationship with God. This is our mission, to help people know Jesus Christ, because he's the one that brings us back to God. And we work together to do this. It makes an eternal difference. And it begins to change the way we live right now. So this is crucial. According to the passage, there are two things it means to team up for the long haul. It means I will let God change me and let God use me. When we commit our life to Christ, we're given a fresh start. That's described in the passage as we become a new creation. Despite our shortcomings individually, and our shortcomings as a church, God wants to use us for his purpose. And our part is to keep allowing him to change us, which means we have to say no to the old ways because they're still ingrained in us, and yes to God's ways. And when we admit, when, when we find ourselves falling back to the old ways, we just admit it, confess it, God forgives us, and then we move on. And we keep shooting for, aiming for, living out God's ways. And this is how God changes us over time. And when that happens, the old 
passes away. The better, better translation of that passage is, it says the old is gone, but the new, the new has come, but the old is gone. The right translation is, the old is going and the new is coming. Because it's a process that God uses to change us. We can team together because God has joined us together and redefines the kind of team He wants us to be. This is made possible because of what Jesus has done for us. He deep, God deeply cares about us. He wants us to work together as a team and to be a community with a mission. So He gave us this ministry of reconciliation. The word reconcile in the passage means the debt of sin is not held against us. In other words, you have your credits and your debts, and we've all piled up a debt of sin in our relationship with God. And Jesus Christ clears out the debt. He reconciles it as if it, it, it were forgiven. He wipes out our debt. God wants to forgive our sins and to be people who point others to Christ who forgives our sins who died in our place to pay our debt. We accept him and we're reconciled. That's why our message, our ministry is so crucial. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Teaming up for the long haul also means I will aggressively cooperate despite the urge to pull away from others. In this passage, there's a shift from what God does in us to what God wants to do through us as a group. So there's this shift from... An individual focus, God's done this for me, he's forgiven me, to what he wants, us, wants to do through the group, which is he wants us to share this message of reconciliation. He wants us to have a ministry that does that. The way we relate and work together will amplify or muffle that message. That's why the, the godly esprit de corps is so important in the way we do church life. So it's easy to pull back, but we want to aggressively move toward teaming up and doing what God has called us to do. And as we live that out in the face of the challenges that we run up against, um, as a congregation, we commit to do what it takes to develop this kind of esprit de corps. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we see in your word and for the way that you speak to us through it. And I ask God that as you have spoken to us, as we've looked at your word, that you would give us the strength and the energy and motivate us to take the steps that we need to bring honor and glory to you. We ask for this help in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Each, each week here at Church in the Valley, we encourage um, everyone to, to take some next steps. And um, go ahead and take out that connection card that I talked about earlier. And on the back, there's a list of those next steps that you might want to mm-hmm. take today. And um, as, as we're talking here, go fill out as any of the information on that card that you haven't gotten a chance to, to fill out yet. But a couple of next steps that you might want to take in response to the, the sermon today is um, the first one is look for ways to pull toward the, the team at Church in the Valley. 
Um, one, one of the ways um, is on the back of that connection card this week. Maybe you want to be, be involved with the family Christmas service and sign up to, to help out for that. That could be a way that, that you could pull in um, towards the team at, at Church in the Valley. Um, and another next step that you might want to take for, for today is just to pray for the unity of our church as we team together. Um, it, it's so easy to get off track. So praying for, for the unity of our church is, is really a help as, um, as we try to uh, apply these, the, the esprit de corps um, that we talked about this morning. And then also uh, pray over and, and plan to give to the, the Christmas offering. Um, begin to think through, is, 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 what, what does God want me to, to give to that this year um, as we, we want to give towards those ministries that, that we talked about? Um, the, the band's gonna, gonna play a song and, and the offering ushers are, are gonna come up while they do. Um, go ahead and, and continue to fill out those next steps and any of those that you might wanna take.